Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What is wrong with you guys? Come on. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. I was driving, listening, guys. What are they talking about? Sports Talk Saturday. You guys are doing an outstanding job (laughs) taking those calls. I was doing an outstanding job not crashing my Jeep into the street listening to these people. <laughs> On WGR. You guys need a raise. You guys need a raise. Sports Radio 550. Welcome into Sports Talk Saturday. No Nate Geary, and when you hear chaos, you know that that means that it's Derek Kramer and Zach Jones kicking it with you today on WGR. Can I kick it? Yes, you can. And, of course, you know that I don't play by many rules here. So I managed to see one Frank R. Curie who works down the hall at WBEN, and I was just like, hey, Frank, um, don't do your job. Get in here. So that's what I did. We just grabbed Frank from down the hall and uh, just gave him a chance to uh, to get it going. If his mic is working. His mic isn't working. It's not working. Okay, it's not working. That's- but... <laughs> so anyway we're moving frank around we're moving frank around he's not even supposed to be here right now he's not even supposed to be in the building right now he came he came in early like a good worker bee and uh and now zach's just having issues with him right now but anyway welcome to the sports talk saturday Derek kramer zach jones maybe frank r curie for this first hour who knows we'll figure that out in a little bit but we got ourselves a fun couple of guests for you today. Joe Yurden joining us at noon. We catch up on some Sabres, some free agency, and of course, the bonkers trade from last night. Greg Thompson at 1.30. Bill's camp starts tomorrow. Joe and Nate are out there tomorrow morning. And that means some free extra local training camp coverage for you on WGR. So make sure you're tuning in for Nate and Joe as they're down there at St. John Fisher College. So we got Greg Thompson coming in at 1.30. And now, I want to start something off uh, a little differently, though. Because this was just something so bizarre, bonkers, bat stuff crazy yesterday that you have to, you've had to see it to believe it. And you had to re-watch some of the plays in order to happen. But what happened to the Boston Red Sox? Um, I think the Blue Jays thought they were playing football. It, 28 to 5. It was disrespectful. It was, it was disrespectful. From the, from the Boston Red Sox to invite Sidney Sweeney to throw out the first pitch <laughs> and to put up a performance like that is flat out disrespectful and people should be fired. Uh, the thing is, and here's the, here's the biggest part about it like, he is right about something. Someone that works for the Boston Red Sox should not be working there today. Traded, fired, yeah. cut, waivers, I don't care what, but like. You can't go back in that locker room with everybody there. Like that can't happen. Well, guess what? They're that gonna... dude. That dude that lost that ball for the grand slam inside the inside oh the park grand slam. God. He's going on a ten day vacation to Pawtucket. <laughs> Maybe longer. I've, also, I've genuinely never <laughs> seen someone truly have no idea where the ball is, and then and give his post reaction of like, 
guys, I don't. It's like twenty feet behind me. I'm not. He, I'm not gonna go get it. I'm gonna walk. He and look said. Like I'm still playing. He said, "Bleep it." Oh, 100 percent. He was. He was done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was in that moment. He was done. Like I've seen, <laughs> what I've that? seen players lose the ball in the lights before, but, but they, they at least still try go to, after. They still it. try to go after, get it. Yeah, it's they still go after it. I don't know what's funny. This guy was just like, it's already not our night. Let's go. I don't know what's funnier, that or uh, who is the cent- who is the outfielder who uh, missed oh, catching the ball and then just threw his glove on the ground and walked away. I don't remember the dude's name, but that, but I don't know which one's funnier, that or what happened last night. Oh, I think Duran is the name of Jaron Duran. Jaron Duran, yeah, yeah. Jaron Duran was the player that gave up yesterday, and was, oh my god! I mean, welcome to the show, kid. You're 25 years old, and you just learned, uh, don't quit. At least you're gonna be a meme forever. Oh. But, uh, but of course. Later that night, to be upstaged, almost in a sense, uh, in some circles, was the Matthew Kachuk trade. Man. I, I... Frank, you can look at my notes. I'm like Howard. I take notes for my shows, and you can see the one that is scribbled out because I was angry. (laughs) Because one of my talking points today was going to be... The Sabres should be in on this. What's it going to cost? That was going to be a fun discussion point. Try to get callers in on it. And then he goes to Florida. I'm glad I came in early then. And the next thing you know, he's traded for the world from the Panthers, who have gotten worse after this trade. See, I actually think Florida did well in this trade. And I I would have argued against trading for Matthew Kuchok for the Sabres. I the thing is, is that I didn't think that Calgary was going to put up the facade of trying to compete still. They because may, they may not be though, because they just traded Matthew Kachuk and got an MVP candidate from last year, and oh, yeah. Florida's best defenseman in Mackenzie Weger. Well, second best. Well, Weger's really good, but oh, that's Aaron, right, Ekblad. Ekblad's so, really, so their really second good. best defenseman. And an MVP candidate were part of the cost of getting Matthew Kachuk. So maybe you were right all along saying don't do it. And maybe the Sabres had a discussion with them and they were like, starting table is uh, Alex Tuck and Tage Thompson. No thanks. We'll go. You have fun. Uh, that was probably how that discussion went from Kevin Adams. I don't, I don't know if it went like that. I think Florida just came out with the with that offer and then any other offer that other teams made just was thrown out the window. So it was a too-good-to-be-true kind of yeah. offer? Because it is a too-good-to-be-true offer. Yeah. So the funny thing is, I, as I said earlier, I think Florida did really well in this trade be- for, for one reason only. Were they even going to be able to sign Huberdeau and Uyghur next summer? Because they're both UFAs. The both, thing are gonna, is- both are going to come in massive pay raise, especially Jonathan Huberdeau, who has been over who had a point, who had 115 100, points not only last a, year? Not only 115 points last season, he's been above a point a game the last four seasons. Yeah, no, like he really has become one of the he's, elite players of this league. He's a guy. He is likely if he hits the open market next summer, he's going to get like at least a million and a half, maybe two million more than what Gaudreau just got. So the funny thing about um, so Huberdeau, I, the funny thing about Huberdeau is, you mentioned that though. And the last season that he was not a point a game, it was still a very nice season. 2017, 2018, 82 games, 69 points. (laughs) And 
I was trying to be cordial. But Well, you invited me on. Yes. Um, but before that, he only played in 31 games, 26 points. So he was almost there yeah, already. He, yeah, so... So he was really starting to come into his own as of 2017. And the next mm-hmm. thing you know, that that's what gets traded for Matthew Kachuk. Big old, I guess, no thanks. If that was going to be the cost, fine. I'm and, really curious on what Uyghur's next contract is going to look like, too, because he, he, he was Florida's second-best defenseman. He's... Funny enough, he is Calgary's fifth highest paid defenseman now. Yeah. But he's probably going to be their best one of their best defensemen on the team. Maybe the, probably their probably their best or second best at this point. I don't know. Yeah. But I, it was it was an, it's still an incredible thing that I guess, Yeah, they may be UFAs, but if Calgary so either Calgary's going to flip them, that's or they're going to try to compete and keep them here. And that's and that's what worries me about. That's why I'm worried about Calgary uh, in this trade. Because next summer, Huberto's 30, Uyghur's 29. Do you really want to sign those guys to eight-year deals? Because guess what? If you're re-signing them, they're, they're going to be the eight-year deals. They would have to be. You have to compete you, with them. Do you want to sign a 30-year-old to an eight-year deal that takes him to 38 and a 29-year-old that's going to take him to 37? So when the answer when, is no, and especially because John the Huberto is really bad defensively, whereas Matthew Kachuk is good defensively. So this is the funny thing: it's possible to say that Huberto's 115 point season is an outlier, despite him being over a point a game. You can say he's a 90 point player. He had 92 in 2019, though. You could say he's a 90. He's a, he's still an above a point a game player, but like a 90 point player, not a 100 point player. It's a big. That's a difference. Whereas Kachuk is an 80 point player because this is this might be his outlier season too. He had 104 points last season on a, on a team that was just on a line with Goudreau that is just sensational. That Goudreau line, had career highs too. All Goudreau, Kachuk, and Lindholm was their first line. All had all had 40 goals. Yeah, that's wild. Insane. But you could say that Kachuk is closer to an 80-point player. But he's better defensively. So Florida, in the, in this sense, did well because, yeah, they're sacrificing a little bit of offense on that wing, on that in that position, but they're immediately better defensively on that line. On that line, maybe, but not as a whole. You not gave up your second-best defender. Of course. You gave up your second-best defender. You... I, I think they you still, wonder, but you, you wonder how they, how they, how Matthew Kachuk would mitigate that. I still think just they gave up being, way too much. Just by being better, just by being better in his own end. I still think you gave up too much. It, and if that's the case, if that's if that was the cost to to play ball, I'm happy Kevin Adams is not in it. Maybe. And, and again, uh, and we that, don't know what remember, kind of talks he had. Yeah. And, and we don't know what the asking price will ever be. That'll always I be think, behind closed doors. I just think, and I think age has played a big factor in it too, because Kachuk is only twenty four, and you signed him to an eight year deal, so you're taking him to he's thirty two. Yes, but again, and I, I, I just think, I just think, I just think that works better for any team than signing a thirty year old. Who, yes, he's he's a fan now. He's a fan. He's been a fan favorite in Florida for since he's been there. But you got to make these tough decisions sometimes. Now, the big question is, what does this do about Gabriel Davis? <laughs> <laughs> got to get that quota in, baby. Got to get that quota got, in. I got you, Joe. Don't worry about it. You're not here today. I've got you covered. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but I, more importantly, what does this do for the Sabres? Because the Sabres have had a quietly solid offseason. There have been some signings of theirs that have been lauded. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the signing of Eric Comrie looks like one that was very much – 
accepted by a lot of hockey circles is like, this is a low-key good signing here. They're not going in with just Anderson and UPL this time. They're not trying the literal definition of insanity and seeing if it's going to work. No, they go ahead and sign this guy who has looked good in limited time, and it's an analytically smart move of the fact that he's not very well used. We don't know how good he is going to be, but you kick the tires on a player like this. This is absolutely what Arizona did to acquire Auntie Ranta several years ago. Mm-hmm. That was exactly why I thought that that was, that was what the Sabres were going to do. The day, you, you know, remember that it was like, like a prediction tweet I, I sent out. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> so free agency day for people that don't so people know, don't know. Uh, people do not know. Um, Frank here goes ahead and says, I don't know what to expect with this free agency, but you know what goalie? I love Eric Comrie as an idea. Is it going to happen? Probably not, but let's try it out. And <laughs> and then defensemen too. I said they. I Let's said go ahead I really and get like Labushkin. Ilya Labushkin. I don't like calling them predictions. You kind of just told people it was going to happen. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like predictions leave the kind of ability to be wrong. Yeah. That's well, yeah. You were just like eh, in, well, let's in my see what tweet, happens. I said, "Will they sign either or both?" I and then I also said, "I don't know." Well, you don't want to let people know you have a superpower. Well, yeah, that's why I always, you always leave it on the down low. Leaving it be questioned, like it could happen, it might not happen. Who knows? Yeah, I, my favorite day, my favorite part of the free agent day was like realizing like Frank nailed it. Yeah. Frank, Frank just modern day Nostradamus this <laughs> in the hockey world. But the Sabers have had a quietly good off season. But is it enough with the arms race that has happened? Detroit's been loading up. Ottawa's been loading up. Very frustratingly, my I say. Um, so, Florida goes ahead and trades for Kachuk. Boston is still Boston. Uh, well, they're still Boston. I hate them. They're still Boston, but I hate them. Enjoy in- your twenty-eight to five loss from your baseball team. You, they're be whole city. They're injured as all hell and. Like, uh, yeah, but like, also I, they're gonna get like they're gonna get Bergeron and Krejci back, but they're not gonna. They, ha- they haven't done it yet. So anyway, my main it's point being to happen. My main point being, we were looking into this offseason thinking maybe the Sabers can take that jump into threatening for a playoff spot. I don't know if that's gonna happen now with what how aggressively these other teams, these other two teams I, in particular, that were. You were ahead of, by the way, in the standings last year. Yeah. Give it up for them, baby. Yeah. Uh, but they saw it as, we didn't finish in fifth. What the hell? The funny thing is, is I, I, I'm perfectly fine with what the Sabres have done. And I'm what, what the other teams have done doesn't concern me. Because you look at the moves that Detroit and Ottawa has made. Ottawa is going to be everyone's favorite to finish probably fifth. Maybe, maybe fourth. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can because yes, they're they're set up to score four goals a night with that with that offense, especially with that top six. Are they going to be able to keep the puck out of the net? Is the question. Yeah. Thomas Shabbat is really good, but who else do they? But they don't really. They never got a defenseman. They were mm-hmm. they, that was one of the big targets was another defenseman to help out the decor. Now John Klingberg's still available, obviously. But if they don't make a move on defense, they're setting themselves up to allow five goals a night. Because can you really tr- like can you really trust Cam Talbot? That's going to be a big question. And is Anton Forsberg going to have a similar season to what he had last year? He was really good last year, 
But is that an outlier for him? You know, we talked about the outliers for Kachuk and Huberdo from their last seasons. Was this an outlier for Forsberg? And he is next season, he's just going to fall back to being the journeyman goalie that he always was. Yeah. If that's the case, Ottawa's going to be losing a lot of 5 4 4 3 kind of games. So, I here's how long I haven't been working here, by the way. We got new phone software. So I'm going to become entirely reliant on Zach here for anyone to call in. So if you want in on this, by the way, 803-0550, Zach, help me out here, and let's patch up Matt in the car as he wants to talk here on the hockey stuff. Matt, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? You know, it's been a new software, it looks like. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to fight getting it. used to it. I, this is going to sound really old man of me, but I'm not fighting it. I'm just going to let them do it. <laughs> got to go with it. Exactly. I'm going to turn to my experts here. I'm going to let them do their thing. So, what you got for me? Uh, two things. One, um, I kind of agree with, uh, I, I believe it was you said that you think Florida paid too much for, for Kachuk. Mm-hmm. Um, Huberto is just a really good player, uh, and they also gave up a good defensive player. Um, and, I mean, maybe it's because Kachuk's a lot younger and they think long-term that might be a better fit for him. But I think with the number of really, really good players they have, they're going to be in cap trouble pretty quickly uh, with that team. And um, I think that's going to be an issue for them going forward after a few years. But it's kind of like one of those things that it just seems like every year teams seem to be able to just shuttle players back and forth uh, or like get other teams to take on, you know, big cap hits that they players they want to get rid of um, for a few picks or whatever. So, you know, maybe not, but um, you know, that's my thought on that. Uh, The second thing I want to talk about is that I think Comrie is one of those really good, like sneaky under the radar signings. Uh, in terms of analytics, he was actually second in the entire NHL last year on goals saved above expected, uh, only to Sturkin of the Rangers. So I think that has a chance to be a really, really good signing if he can even, you know, even if he doesn't repeat what he did last year. And to be honest, the Jets actually gave up more shots per game than the Sabres did. So it's not like he was on some team that, you know, was defensively locked down and giving, like, preventing teams from getting you know, scoring chances or anything. Like, he was on pretty much a team that was similar to what we were, um, putting up those numbers. So, uh, and the second thing is, you know, I like the Carter Hutton comparison people are saying a lot with that. Like, oh, yeah, he had a great year or whatever, and then came here and, st- and stunk. Um, my thing was that Hutton was playing on a very defensive team that didn't give up pretty much anything um, and put up those numbers. And secondly is that he was pretty much nearing the end of his, like, quote-unquote prime years as a goalie. Uh, so it was expected that at some point he was going to have a drop-off, uh, whereas Comrie is actually entering uh, the prime or maybe even like a year early before like what would be considered his prime years as a goalie. So I think that has a, has a good chance of being like one of those signings that we look back and like, wow, that was like a really good signing. Matt, so. love all the takes here, there, by yeah. the way. Thanks for the call. Oh, my God, I did it. I did it right. Hey. Look at me go. I, I got it off the line, but – Good stuff there. I, I do like a lot of what you said, especially with the fact that you bring in the analytic thing about uh, saves above expected and it being second to the Vezina winner. This is important because the Sabres are thinking on that one-track mind. 
that analytically they're going to find different ways to try to improve. They're going to try to use these numbers in their favor. They have stacked, they've gone from one of the biggest jokes of analytics departments under Jason Bottrell to now flourishing under Adams with an entire analytics department, one of the biggest now in the league, running with these numbers. They think that that's the way to get things going. And until they prove me wrong, because they are ascending, by the way, instead of going the opposite way when they were under Bottrell, they are ascending with the non-top-tier players that we wanted them to be ascending with. Um, we wanted that to be with Eichel. We wanted yep. that to be with Reinhardt. Yep. It didn't happen. Didn't As a matter work. of fact, it got worse. Yep. But then we got some cool stuff with that. We got a we got a Rasmus Dahlin. We got no one power. Um, we got punched in the in the groin because there was a coach here for two years that I'm not going to name because it's a swear word and Zach would have to dump it because I would attach a swear word. I don't want to do that. <laughs> so, but the thing is that they're using these numbers, they're using this data to try to make their team better because at this point, what else is there to try? I'm for it. I'm for trying to figure it out and trying to figure out the different ways to do so. Ilya Labushkin, the charts, he kills all offense. Yep. Maybe even for your own team sometimes. What? But the big thing is, is that he's so responsible in his own end, and you have guys that can gun. That's why. Let Power, let Darlene dance and do their magic. Let Bryson get in on the fun. Let Yoki Haru do a little bit of that two-way stuff. That's, that is where I yep. think that that's a, such a smart signing. That's the Sabres why. have a defensive core that I think is just one piece missing from being one of the better young groups in the league. Like from, I mean, one of the best, I should say, young groups in the league at the blue line. And Zach and I were talking off air, and our buddy Joe, he made mention that they were kind of going in the sense of the direction of the Carolina Hurricanes, where they're building that blue line out, going mm -hmm. outward. It's such a smart idea, especially when you have legitimate threats on said blue line yep. that can put points up. Rasmus Dahlin in the second half of last year was a nightmare mm -hmm. for all opponents. He was not a nightmare for us. He was a nightmare for everybody else. We were loving it. Jack Quinn's first NHL goal is such a memorable moment for Jack Quinn. But it is memorable for every one of us, too, because Darlene made some goblin-between-the-legs deflection pass that should not have even been attempted in the world. Except for, like, an all-star game. But he's like, ah, we got this. Here you go, kid. And then Quinn shows off an NHL-caliber shot. Power play goal. First NHL goal of his career against Dallas. Mm -hmm. Such an awesome play. But that's just what a moment. But that is also Darlene starting to feel like himself again. That is the play that swear word guy would have put him in the press box for. So, yeah, that's what I'm calling him now. Uh, anyway, now we've gone about 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes now, um, talking about not football when there's football tomorrow. Because training camp for the Bills, kicking off, we're all hyped. And I'm going to get my man Greg Thompson on here at 1.30 to talk more, of course, in depth, as much depth as possible for this. But we are going to head to the break with a tease. And the big question today for me is this. And it's going to be such a weird thing to say, but at the same time, it's not. Bills training camp starts tomorrow. Does anything matter until January? 
803-0550. Give us a call. Derek Kramer, Zach Jones, Frank R. Curie. We're hanging out with you. Thanks for kicking it with us on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Derek Kramer, Zach Jones, Frank Arcuri hanging out for another uh, segment here before he's got to go and do his actual job. But uh, <laughs> welcome in. We're talking some. We were talking some hockey, a lot of hockey in the first segment. But now it's time to shift proper into football because we'll get back to more hockey. We got Joe Yurden, the noted jerk himself, on at noon. So we'll talk more about this stuff in depth with the Sabers, how they improved around the league, everything like that. But right now, I have a burning question. And it's, I know there's some hubris behind it. And I teased it before the break, and it really comes down to this for me. Does anything really matter throughout the this season until we hit January? I say this with some nuance, and now here's the context. Zach and I are going to be working every game this year. We are going to be. As someone who's going to be hosting some show, I don't know what yet. I don't know if I'm back for 7 a.m. for breakfast at the Bills. I don't know where I'm going to be put, but I know I'm going to be there. The, The big question for me is going to be this. Do I really need to get myself worked up like JoJo the Circus Clown if they lose a game? Do I need to get all sorts of euphoric and happy if they blast the Patriots 49 to 10? Maybe because it's the Patriots. But if they go ahead and blow out the Jets and show a bad team that they're a bad team, am I going to be bored? I don't know. Does any of this matter? So I need some help, I guess is what I'm saying. There are some ways to make this kind of happen and kind of get me back into it in a way that rightfully matters every week. But like last year, I wasn't getting too worked up about like, say, the Panthers game where the offense didn't really look like it was on sync. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried. The Bucks game where they were up and down in a wild roller coaster ride. The Colts game. Ooh, every team got sandbagged once during the season. Every team got some every team got worked once during the season. The Packers opened it up with Jameis Winston throwing five touchdowns against them. I'm not going to get too high or too low because it's going to take too much energy. But I also still need to make sure that I'm not dead faced panning this with a resting bitch face the whole season because the playoffs haven't started yet. Zach, you're allowed to say that word. <laughs> It's always a panic move. Always a panic move. <laughs> I saw him reach for the button. As long as I don't as long as I don't call someone that, I think we're good. Anyway. It's true. <laughs> the thing is is that I want to make sure that that something does matter. 
And there are people that want to say something about this. I know you guys do too. There's already a caller here on the line, 8030551888552550. Does anything really matter to you until the playoffs? If so, what? That is the question. And of course, the follow up being, am I arrogant for saying that? Because I kind of feel it and it feels dirty. Because the Bills haven't really won anything yet. But I know that it's refreshingly weird to see national pundits saying that this is the best team in football. It's awesome, but we're not used to it. That is the fine double-edged sword that we have here. At least in this case, our generation isn't used to it. No. We're not used to this at all. Yeah. We had been mired into 17 years of just yeah. sucktitude that has rarely been seen in other ways in other sports. The Sabres are doing it still, too. So twice now, the same city has had the longest playoff droughts or longest active playoff droughts in their team in their league's in their histories. Sport, yeah. That stinks. Mm-hmm. But the big thing being. At least it's not the longest. Yeah, but anyway, the Bills are still now seen as this powerhouse, Mm -hmm. even though they haven't truly won anything yet. And it's awesome to see, but it it's challenging to talk about in a sense that we haven't done this before. So I don't know if I'm getting too arrogant. I don't know if I'm getting too, you know, like expectant. But at the same time, I am. I know what this team can accomplish, and I saw it get crashed away, and I'm not going to say it to trigger a bunch of other people. I could say it. I still enjoyed the heck out of their last game. Yeah. Because it was the most hyped game of the playoffs, and then they exceeded that hype. ESPN, for hours, while another game was going on, was talking about Bill's Chiefs. Yep. And then that game became an epic ending. And we got to see Tom Brady get yeeted out of the playoffs. Bye. (laughs) And then that game had to follow that up. And the Bills-Chiefs game took that game and said, you're boring. We're going to do everything in the last two minutes. Mm -hmm. Everything. That's why I feel like, in a sense, none of this truly matters until we get to the postseason. The highs are not going to be too high, and the lows are not going to be too low. I am going to be calm, cool, collected man probably for most of this season. But I need to see what you guys think, because I need to make sure that I can make sure that the... Sports are about emotion. They are. Sports are about emotion. Zach and I, all the time, will say, we're ready to get hurt again. And for 30 NFL fan bases, there's going to be pain. At the end of the day, there are two fan bases that get to enjoy themselves. The team that wins the Super Bowl and the Jacksonville Jaguars, because they're going to pick first. I was wondering where you were going with that, because I'm like, there's only one winner. I was really (laughs) wondering where you were going there. Thank you. And now with that, we'll head to the phones here. Adam and Eden, you are on Sports Talk Saturday. What's going on? Hi, how are you doing? Not too bad Um, about yourself, man. (laughs) <laughs> I'm doing great. 
When you uh, asked that question going in the break, it just reminded me of something uh, Bulldog said. I don't know, maybe it was a day or two ago, maybe even last week. I listen every day, so it all gets lost in the mix. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about how during the early 2000s, I can't remember if it was 05 or 06 or 06, 07, how he didn't really enjoy the season at all. He was just looking forward to the playoffs and the Anaheim Ducks, and that was all he worried about. And then he was talking about it retrospectively, saying, like, I, I didn't really enjoy that season because I was just thinking about the playoffs the whole time. So at least – as a fan, uh, I'm going to take that time to enjoy and, like you said, not get too worried about the losses or the close games, but at least take that time to enjoy the season. But I also agree with you on the fact that, like, I'm more just uh, worried about the Bills getting hot in the playoffs because that's, that's what matters. Is, you know, it's not necessarily the number one seed going into the playoffs that always wins. It's, it's a mo- most often the time team gets hot, like Tampa Bay. When they went to the Super Bowl, they weren't the number one seed. And same with the Rams last year, so about getting hot at the right time. So, there's, yeah, like you said, it's a double-edged sword, and I appreciate you taking my call. Adam, thanks for the call, and um, it, it's an interesting perspective. Mm, uh, the fact is. that when Bulldog says something like that, it's it's kind of an interesting point. Like, that's the part that I kind of want to avoid because there's probably going to be something special that happens in the season, and I don't want to necessarily forget about it because of the laser focus that I have, and that is going to be how is this going to translate to January? How is it going to translate to the postseason? Of course, we're all going to worry about injuries. That happens to every NFL yeah, it, team. And that's probably where I'm going to be meltdown, man. Um, if an injury happens at a certain position, I'm not, gonna names, I'm not going to yeah. name names because then I'm going to curse them. But if something happens to somebody and it affects the season or possibly... Um, it changes the dynamic. Changes the dynamic as a whole of yeah. if they can win in the postseason, like what happened to Trey White last year. Yeah. And we all knew it, that it was going to be a problem when they come up to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And it was. But we're going to see what this team does. And they've improved in ways in, in places that they've needed to. Do we look out for that? I don't know. Because to me... I know what Von Miller is going to bring to this club. I'm going to be excited to watch what Kyrie Elam does as the corner two. Yeah, but he's going to probably start his corner one as Trey White gets himself worked back in. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, to me, it's going to stay in the back of my head. It's going to be: Does this matter until January? And this is the arrogant part of it to me. They're winning the division. Miami's not quite there yet. The Jets are the Jets. Though Zach says he might, they might challenge for something. Uh, like Third in the like AFC third, East. Like third in the AFC East. The Patriots added nothing to a defense that didn't force a punt in their final game. Or a turnover. They didn't stop anything. They let the Bills score all the points that they wanted to. And you actually make the argument that the defense got worse. J.C. Jackson's now in... Los Angeles with the Chargers. That was really yeah. their marquee player. Yep. Kyle Duger at safety's fine, but your best player on defense cannot be a safety. They just will mm-hmm. not make enough of, I mean, of an impact. Bills fans might say. Well, they, I mean, about they have that. two safety tandems, but you know, Tre'Davious White as well, Matt Milano, a linebacker. They just, you know, there's the Patriots some depth defense. There, yeah. yeah, the Patriots defense is just it's slow, old, and outdated. Yeah, and yeah. they didn't force a punt in their last game. They let the Bills score all the points that they wanted to. Because the last drive, the Bills are like, ah, eh, we'll stop trying now. We'll, we'll take a knee to end the game. Because they still didn't punt. But again, that's why I'm like, I don't know if this matters until January. 
because the division's a lock. Look at me sounding like an arrogant Patriots fan. Oh, God, what have I become? <laughs> I need a Tylenol. Uh, <laughs> make, I'm giving myself a headache. But it's still one of these things where I'm genuinely curious as to what matters. Now, of course, there's going to be arguments about maybe the one seed. And I think Brian in Grand Island is going to try to fill us in on that. Brian, you are on Sports Talk Saturday. What's going on? Hey, uh, good afternoon, everyone, or good morning. Um, you took my point on injuries already. Everybody does care about it. Number one seed, obviously, uh, you know, that's something you care about going into the playoffs. But, you know, since you took my first point here, I'll do Sorry. a little reverse. I don't <laughs> think any of this stuff – no, no worries. I think the only thing that matters is when you lose and you don't win the Super Bowl, right? That's yep. the only time you yep. look back and reflect and say, you know, we didn't win by enough points or we didn't win this game or we didn't win – you know, you win, you win the championship, nothing matters. If you don't win the championship – Everything matters, and that's that's the bottom line. No championship team looks back and goes, oh, man, we shouldn't have lost to Jacksonville by three at home. No one cares you won, period. So winning matters, the Super Bowl, and then if you don't, everything matters. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Brian, uh, sorry I took the point from you there. Uh, of course, like injuries is going to be one of the things that we're all going to think about. This team needs to stay healthy because of that, but also they're one of the deepest rosters in the NFL. So how really how worried am I really going to get? It just depends on, I mean, it really just depends on how it changes. Like I said earlier, how does it change the dynamic of... Unless it's dynamic shifting. Exactly. I'm not worried because they have one of the deepest rosters in the league. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. And one thing that I want to see this well, season is I want to see consistent good habits from this team. And that's every, and that's everywhere because now we, we also have to take into account... I mean, Ken Dorsey is now the offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. How how much does that change the offense? If it does, it might not because he he was promoted from within. But you got to think that there's going to be some changes to the offense. So that so that means that Josh Allen and the rest of the offense and Diggs and everybody else has to get into a new groove with a new with a new way of thinking. Emperor's new groove. Yes, <laughs> but then. But now, yeah, they added Von Miller, and you said that. But I'm what I wonder: how does that help grow Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham and Ed Oliver? You know, and I want to see more good habits out of that defensive line now with the Von Miller presence there, because one of the biggest things that I w I was worried about after last season was the line can get to the quarterback, but they can't finish the job. So if they if they can get if they can consistently do that during the season. Even if they lose the game, whatever. But if I'm seeing good habits out of the defensive line, I feel a lot better going into the playoffs. Because as I said, I'm with you. I am confident as all hell that this team is going to win the division. I think at worst they're probably going to be a two seed. Maybe I don't. Maybe a three seed. It really depends on the North. Um, Obviously, the I think the one seed does matter in terms of having home field. You, I don't, I don't really want to go on the road again to, especially Kansas City. It would really stink to have to play them three years in a row in Kansas City, wouldn't it? I I'm would, not, I'm not as worried I, about that. the The main point that you can give me about the one seed, which was brought up to me by uh, by Mike D on Twitter. Uh, the number one seed matters as it's one less game to possibly lose. Um, one yeah. less game to have injuries having, having that in the playoffs. The and well. one more week to get rested from those bumps and bruises. Yeah. I'm not worried about this team on the road. They are equally as good on the road as they are at home. 
They were 11 and 6 well, last year. They won six yeah. at home, five on the road. And to be fair, two and of their one, best offensive games all year last year was in Arrowhead. So I think the team, yeah. if anything, really they're not scared of that place. No, actually, you can make an argument last year as well. One of their best games, especially the second half, in Tampa Bay. Um, Second the two half, yeah. in Kansas City, yep. their their home games were kind of their rougher, I guess, offensive performances. A lot of that was due to, to you know crazy weather that we had to deal with here in Buffalo. An all act of, of home God games. that made people write about yep. Sun Tzu and the art of war. And then the Houston game, which was just a monsoon. Still so I mean, salty. like, so I mean, there was a, a ton of home games where they just didn't have great weather. And again, that brings me to my other point. I don't care if we host it because then we might have better weather to play the track suit. The track field team on offense that we have isn't going to get slowed down by the snow. With that, I'm actually not too worried about yes. Josh, Josh Allen. And like, thank you. No, and not, we have Josh Allen. So. Well, but Allen in like three degree weather had one of the greatest playoff performances ever. I think yeah. he had five touchdowns and four incompletions and over 300 yards. So like. Him especially, I'm super not worried about in like almost any weather because well, the team because clearly became, figured out because it became a yeah. talking point. That's why well, it did become a talking point. But like the second half of even the you know hurricane level winds of the Patriots game, they'd started to throw the ball, but they should have just been throwing the ball the whole game as they were because his arm strength is enough to cut through the wind. Mm-hmm. So I, they figured that out clearly by the time of the playoffs because most years in the in that three degree weather, you're being told, well, you can't throw the ball. The ball's a rock. It's too cold. And, you know, guys can't catch it clearly wasn't an issue. I think the team has very much figured out it doesn't matter what weather you play in. Even the second half of the Kansas City game, which was a delay because of weather and terrible rain, they oh, still yeah, that, scored, that they, they, season, they right. still went out and scored a boatload of points. This team has very much figured out at the end of last or throughout last year, the weather does not matter to this team. We are more than talented enough to keep playing our style. The that, Houston game was the same thing. Houston was a much worse team, but I was there. It was monsoon level rain. And they kept throwing it. They had no issues. I, I, I'm still not – it's not about it being here. It's that it's going to be better in a lot of places. And that's okay. I'm, that's, not, I'm not as worried about that's that. That's why I focus more on the habits. You know, I want, I want to see good habits out of this team throughout the year. Whether or not they, whether or not they win or lose, does, it doesn't matter to me. As long as the good habits outweigh the bad and they figure out the bad habits as the season goes along, I'll feel so confident going in regardless of where they are in this seating. All right. 803-0550, Bills training camp starts tomorrow. Joe and Nate are out there for you. And they'll give you some live stuff right here on WGR. Sports Talk Saturday continues on. After this break, Derek Kramer, Zach Jones, Frank Arcuri, you're listening to WGR. Sports Talk Saturday, hour one, about to wrap up. And we're going to move quickly because the noted jerk himself, Joe Yurton, will be on with us starting on the other side of the break here. But Zach and I, uh, we like to do a little grab bag every now and then for the last segments of an hour. And this one is no different, as my stomach stomach did the gurglies. Uh, anyway, Zach and I are major dorks. And uh, like it's part of who we are. It's, we gladly accept it. You can go ahead and insult us. We don't care. Um, the there's a new movie going to come out in March, and it's a D&D themed movie. And I am over the moon about this. I mean, they also got like actually like good actors in it. Like Chris Pine, I believe, is actually going to be the lead of it. Yeah. So, and- I mean, like there's like genuine star power to it. It's not like Dwayne Rock Johnson, which to be fair, <laughs> as much as I love The Rock, it feels like every movie he's in, I'm like, 
I'll, I'll kind of enjoy it. I mean, it. he would easily be able to be thrown into a barbarian class on that. Well, I mean, he played in the Jumanji, you know, <laughs> sequel slash yep. reboot, and he was great in that. So yeah. I'd have liked that, but it it looks good. It looks like they're actually going to play in as, like, some of the elements of the game. Yeah, it's not just a generic fantasy game. It is D&D core stuff and materials and i'm excited for that i'm excited uh, yeah i'm i'm happy about that that's Thrilled comic cons back by the way oh my like, god like yes. fully back there's no really restrictions i got to go to one last year out in rochester got to hit up UbiCon. like it's back i'm happy and uh yes i'm a dork but on the other side the noted jerk may go ahead and call me dork as well because joe yurton coming on we're gonna hit some more sabers around the nhl who did the best who did the worst and why was it the flyers coming up next for you on wgr baseball is back and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.